This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, I shouldn't be shocked. But I'm a little bit shocked. I shouldn't be. I should have learned my lesson over the last eight years. But I'm still a little bit shocked. I knew there was a lot of bad coming in the final days of Obama's administration. I knew it. I knew there was every president, even ones you like, they pardon a bunch of people. They pay off some some old political debts, so to speak, with pardons and little pieces of legislation or executive actions or orders or whatever. Some of that always happens. I get it. And it shouldn't surprise me that Obama is going to do a whole lot of that he's done a whole lot of it during his administration sure but see in the couple of weeks leading up to the election he was fairly quiet I mean he did some campaigning for Hillary but still pretty quiet not the traditional really go after people in the Republican Party people on the right as he has done at other times and I was like okay maybe he's not wanting to be involved in the election a little bit and I was excited that regardless of what was going to happen on election day that he would be gone in just months so I was Okay, good. This guy's going to be gone. Good, good. And then we got caught up in the election. And the couple of weeks after the election, Obama was really kind of quiet. He made a couple of things, but really parsing his words to make sure he wasn't, like, attacking Trump too much or whatever. And during that time, I got lulled into a false sense of security, I guess, that Maybe there wasn't going to be a lot of bad in his final couple months. I know I should know better, but I think I was caught up in everything else and was like, well, he's not saying a whole lot. No, they were, they were working behind the scenes to screw you up until the second he leaves office. Remember the story about Carter and Reagan where Carter was so worried about his legacy. He wasn't concerned about the, the actual Iran host, the Iran hostages. He wasn't concerned about them. He was concerned about his legacy. So up till the last minute, he was on the phone working for their release, talking up until the moment Reagan got sworn in again because of his legacy. He wanted to be able to say that he got the hostages free, even though he had 444 days to get it done. It was about legacy. It was about ego as opposed to actually save people. He could have gone on there, gone into Iran and and knocked some heads, right? He didn't do it. That's what's going to happen with Obama up till the final second. Uh, Then with the pen and the phone just screwing us over. I offer many examples of this. For example, just in the last couple of days, 
Obama actually used a law that was passed in 1953, and I'm going I'm to dumb this down to kind of make it real simple layman's terms. Law passed in 53 that said the president has the authority to, at times, limit the amount of drilling in waters off of America, and it cites certain areas. So Obama used this executive action that said, fine, I will limit drilling uh, off the coast of Alaska near the Arctic Reserve there and off the East Coast in the Atlantic from parts of Virginia all the way up the East Coast. I'm just going to go ahead and use my authority under this 1953 law to say that I am going to limit this drilling. Now, normally with executive actions, you say, okay, great, it's going to limit it for the next month until Obama or until uh, Trump comes in and then he can just rescind it with his executive action and normally that works except in this case because the law they're referring to is one that only gives the president the power to limit the drilling not to open it back up it's a one-way door you can only go through it you can't come back through now Congress could if they actually had the intestinal fortitude to do it could Go ahead and pass a law to change all of that. You could see somebody challenge this, even President Trump, when he becomes president, you know, challenge this. But if that's the case, it has to navigate the courts. It will be objected to every step of the way by every one of these green nuts. They will throw billions of dollars at stopping this. And the best you can hope for is that it would get passed via the courts in a couple of years maybe two, maybe three. And then at that point, they would open it up. And then at that point, they would start the plans to drill. Before they would actually drill, opening it up more would be three, four years, maybe longer. I think that's the short term. If it went through Congress, um, maybe a little bit shorter. It wouldn't be as long as, as going through the courts. But when they open it up, it will be challenged by people on the left and it'll have to go through the courts. So he... Screwed you again on the way out. Screwed you again. Think about that audacity. Think about that level of disrespect to the American people as well as the future president. He's saying what I want and my beliefs, regardless of the American people, regardless of Congress, regardless of the future president, regardless of future Congresses, I am going to lock this in. Because I believe it. Aren't you a president of the people? Aren't you governing, at least on some level, to what the people want? No, Obama is not because he is of the belief that he knows better. He is that big central government in a faraway city that knows better than what you know. Incredible. Listen, I get executive action. I get executive authority where they do this stuff. But they know it's going to be undone at times by future presidents. So you don't care the means, it's just the ends? Yeah, that's right. He just cares about the end game. And it's not even officially the end game, it's just going to be a lot more struggles and a lot more attorneys getting paid off. Well, because they're the ones that have to challenge it through the courts. It will be more of a struggle to the U.S. economy. It will put more of a wrench in the works of, Obama, of uh, President-elect Trump's energy and economic plans. So it effectively stops all of that. And this is the game that is played. Meanwhile, he and Michelle are, no, no, we're going to help out in any way we can. Smooth transition of power and all of that crap. And he's not interested in that. 
He also quietly, yesterday, signed an order for a bunch of new government rules and regulations. It will be what um, effectively will cost, if you add them all up, it's, I think, three new rules and regulations for the EPA, more standards that you as a business owner, American citizen, have to reach that says uh, we will limit what you can do with these rules. Um, And I think two with the Interior Department. But anyways, it was five total that will cost me and you and everybody else, the American economy, on the low end, $6 billion. And probably tens of thousands of man hours just to navigate the paperwork and make sure you're in compliance. He's still got a month to go. In total, President Obama has passed more restrictions to the federal government, more red tape, rules and regulations than any president in American history. For a grand total estimate, damage, cost to the American people and the economy of $1 trillion and 500,000 man hours to make sure we're in compliance. A trillion dollars and $500,000 to gum up the works even more. And I ask you, how has that worked for eight years? How has that worked? Is the economy great? He, some may even argue it's better. It's better than that fiscal cliff of 20, 2008, Doc. It's better than that. Oh, okay. We had some pretty rough times there. I won't even speak. Is it better? Is it good? Are you doing well? Have you had a raise recently? Have you had a raise in the last five years? Can you start a business easily? How's your business doing? You making money? How's your family? How are they doing? Do you have a savings? Are you ready for retirement? Do you have enough money to meet your bills without living an extravagant lifestyle and put away money for savings for your retirement? How's all that working? How about your health care? Your health care costs gone down? None of that. None of that. And yet his solution is, well, on the way out, let me do a little bit more. So what do you think's coming next? What things are coming in the next three weeks? I guarantee you this. In the next couple of weeks leading up to the inauguration, you are going to hear something. I don't even know what it is. I can't, in today's world, I have been shocked and shocked more at virtually everything over the last 8, 10, 15 years. It seems like every day is like, I can't believe it just got that much worse. I can't believe what that person said or did. It just seems to get worse and worse. I can't even venture a guess at how outrageous it will be. But I guarantee you in the next couple of weeks, you will hear of some other executive action, like this one that can't be undone easily, or a pardon that takes place, or some damage done to the Oval Office or something that you will be incensed by. And what will really bother you is you won't be able to undo it. But I will remind you the thing that President Obama always says, and that is elections have consequences. And it's funny because President Obama knows that and has admitted that his administration has been bad for the Democrat Party in the down ticket. Everybody lower than him. Every Democrat seat lower than him. Governors, senators, uh, congressmen, uh, state offices, local offices has been bad. The Democratic Party has been decimated. It really has. You remember just a couple years ago when they kept all the pundits kept telling you how the Republican Party was dead? Well... You may never see another Republican elected ever after all of that. They just kept telling you that. And I was like, number one, they're full of crap. Number two, why would they offer this help? You better change because you're never getting elected with all that hate and stuff and shutting down the government. You'll never. Look at it. Obama 
has with his policies and his, he would say, nice attitude toward the lefty, reasonable, sit down and work things out, but is really his antagonistic attitude to people on the right and the Republicans has screwed the party all the way down the ticket. Now, that will not always be the case. But with this stuff and his final actions, sets up the Republicans in two years, as long as there is not something horrible that goes on in the next two years for the Republicans, for them to retain the House, the Senate, and probably pick up more seats at state offices and local as well. Because I expect the economy to do better. There may be a dip at some point. As soon as somebody comes in and changes, it doesn't matter what the changes are. A lot of times there are, because it's volatile and the markets don't like that, some growing pains. It could dip for a while, but I expect in two years it will be up and doing pretty well. It's just going to screw them even more based on what is coming in the next two weeks. There is going to be something like the missing W's from the computers or stealing stuff from Air Force One or some outrageous pardon of somebody who should not be pardoned. And I'm not talking a minor drug offense or somebody like that. Will he try to pardon the illegals? He can't. I mean, legally, it will be thrown out. It's, it really does not apply. But he could try. Would that be the thing? Who knows? 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Your calls and your tweets coming up. It's at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter next on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Christmas. I'm Doc Thompson in for Glenn today and tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show. And you can join the program or 888-727-BECK. We'll get some of your calls coming up specifically on Twitter. I'm going to need your help with something. I just tweeted out a hashtag that I need your help with. Apparently coming in 2017, Paramount Pictures has decided on what one of their big films is going to be. They're getting behind a project from former Vice President Al Gore. He has a follow-up a sequel to An Inconvenient Truth. Another Inconvenient Truth? What's, what's the sequel to it? So either it's a, another Inconvenient Truth that has to do with another topic, which I don't think so. I think it still has to do with climate change or the, the fallacy that is climate change. How, what's the follow-up? That you were wrong? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you lied about the hockey stick? What is it? What? You, you fudge the numbers? I mean, the follow-up is, hey, all that crap we said, it hasn't happened. I mean, you're going to get the, the claims of a second ice age from the 70s? Are you going to show all the magazines that predicted we would be living in an ice age right now? You're going to do all of that? 
Those claims went all the way back to the Grover Cleveland administration. So unless you're, I don't think Al's going to be willing to release a film that tells the truth. So wouldn't it be smarter for him to have a prequel? How are you doing that? A prequel, you don't get called on the carpet for it, right? A sequel is going to be like, if you're telling the truth, Al, none of that happened. A prequel, you just go, no, here's what I was thinking kind of leading up to an inconvenient truth. Maybe a making of inconvenient truth. How about that? You could do that. Oh, I know what it'll be. I just got it. It's got it. If it still pushes the climate change myth and it's a, it's a sequel, maybe it's more of a reboot, like the Star Trek reboot, where you're like, wait a minute, none of this happened. No, no, it's a different universe. It's the same characters in an alternate universe, see? So maybe that's what it'll be. It'll be like an alternate universe, Al Gore. So it'll be an inconvenient truth where he'll be able to still push climate change. But it'll be an alternate universe. So you're like, hey, that, that didn't happen. No, no, this is an alternate universe. In our universe, <laughs> no, it didn't happen. So I don't know if it's an inconvenient truth too, another inconvenient truth, another inconvenient lie. I don't know what it is. But this is where I need your help. On Twitter, if you would, please, do you have a suggestion for Al for the title of his new film? I'm using the hashtag um, Al Gore's Next Film. Al Gore's, make sure to put the S in there, Al Gore's Next Film. Tweet at us and give us some suggestions because he could probably use the help. I see a lot of potential for failure with this idea. But Paramount's getting behind it. I wouldn't think with all the struggles of Hollywood right now that this would be a good move. But hey, they must know something. Hmm. Cal, who do you think would star in this? You got to get somebody younger, right? You got to go for the younger, the younger audiences or do things in kind of a hip new way. Well, he's already got Leonardo DiCaprio and like... Oh, DiCaprio. He's the... Uh, yeah. What is he? He's like the czar of climate change or something? Something the like UN that. anointed him as something? Sure, I guess so, yeah. So this would I be mean, uh, Inconvenient Truth Episode 1. Because he put out <laughs> the episode... Menace. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. He's already put out the Inconvenient Truth... I guess you can call that episode four. Four. Okay. And now so we're going backward prequel style episode oh, one. Oh, okay. So, so maybe And just like George Lucas, was, he's going to ruin this one too. He's, he's going to ruin it too. Okay. Well, I understand uh, Jar Jar Binks is in this one. Oh, he's, so, he's got a cameo. <laughs> Empire striking back on this one. Gotcha. I was going to say, you know, what other Hollywood types that are uh, really in the climate change tank could you, could you help out with this thing? I'm sure Alec Baldwin's in there somewhere. Yeah, but if you're going for younger generation, that's not going to help. I mean, I was going to say, hey, that Daryl Hannah, but no one wants to see her now. Maybe an Amy Schumer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think, is she in the climate change tank or is she just in the progressive tank altogether? Well, she's a progressive altogether, but I thought, you know, young. Hmm. How about, how about, uh, I think somebody more like climate change, like Ed Bagley Jr., because, you know, he's really in touch with the. Is he really? Younger. They have no idea who he is. Yeah, no clue. He's as significant as Ed Bagley uh, Sr. They know as much about Ed Bagley Jr. as they do as Ed Bagley Sr., so that's not going to work real well either. Yeah, they're pretty so, much on the same uh, scale. So I'm trying to think of any other movie titles, and some people have tweeted some suggestions. Uh, let's see. Uh, Constitutional Duck had a couple of them. He said True Lies, <laughs> which would be really solid. You know, you might be able to get uh, the Tom Arnold in there then, you know. Oh, the throw good, in bad, some more crazy, stupid. yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, hashtag Al Gore's next film. Al, uh, hashtag Al Gore's next film. How the Russians hacked the climate from Donna. <laughs> okay, wow, that's a possibility. Or you can <laughs> so call much. it, uh, I know I was wrong the first time, but just hear me out. 
How about how about an inconvenient truth to the search for more money? <laughs> yeah. The search for more green. Ah, oh, there you go. Tie in the green. kind of got the double play on it right there. All right, hashtag Al Gore's next film. If you got a suggestion or you can always use that hashtag what I learned today like we use during our morning program and tell us what you've learned throughout the program because we'll let you comment. Also, your call is coming up next. And if you have some on the phone for a an Al Gore next film, hashtag Al Gore's next film, we'll take them on the phone as well. 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. I'm Doc Thompson in for Glenn Beck today. tweeting dumb and dumber lex kemp an inconvenient or excuse me a convenient lie that's real it was very convenient and profitable ray downs tweeting al gore's next film an incomplete an income an incompetent goof starring leonardo dicaprio wendy hashtag al gore's next uh, film inconvenient cash cow how about from david star gore's attack of the lies it's rhino season ice age and then uh, GD Chappelle tweeting, uh, just hashtag what I learned today, the Blaze Radio. Now it's 75% more doc. Yeah, today it's like 95% more doc. In fact, I think the only program I'm not filling in on is uh, Stunt Brain Show. Michael Palco joins us now. How are you, sir? I'm calling to see if you wouldn't mind filling in for me tonight. I have a small family emergency. Yeah, what the heck? I'm doing Pat and Stu when I get off here. I did my show this morning. Sure. why? I'm, I'm really the only person here today. I'm running the cameras. No, will you, you, can't see will it, you but, be yeah. filling in for Tommy tonight? <laughs> that's right. I am actually I think that's Lawrence B. Jones tonight. Is, uh, how's he gonna, wait, how's he uh-huh. going to fit into that dress? You know what? It's, it's really done with mirrors, Mike, and smoke. There's smoke and mirrors. It's both of them. Okay. I suspected yeah. that, but it's good to get mm-hmm. confirmation. So, Mike, hashtag Al Gore's next film. Okay, uh, we're going to get this thing training. Hashtag but, Al Gore's next film. Are you ready? Yeah. What do you got? The, the internutty professor. The internutty professor. I got to tell you, it's weak, Mike. It's weak. I, I've expected more from you. Don't All right. You how, about th- how about this? Gornucopia. <laughs> it's kind of a slasher film <laughs> where he gets all bloodied. It's a gornucopia of all kinds of fun stuff. We throw in some climate change. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Fantastic and stuff. You're still not digging the internutty professor. I think it's an homage to Jerry Lewis in that interview, <laughs> that he, painful interview he did this week, and Al Gore's inventing of the internet. So, you know. Uh-huh. I have one more. Yes, sir. What do you got? An inconvenient store. It's the sad tale of an insignificant former politician who runs a 24-hour gas station and store on the edge of the Mojave Desert. I like that you actually have the storyline for it. It's it's not just the uh, the <laughs> film name. You've got the yeah. subtitle. You've got the plot summary for us. 
Yeah, it's, I've have, got the – it's the elevator pitch. You know, when you get in the elevator, you have to give the pitch <laughs> to the executive. You have to tell them what you're thinking. An inconvenient store, and it uh, is both. And w- what better place to relegate Al Gore than the edge of hell at the Mojave Desert? Snow for the – well, the Sahara, first time in, what, 30-some years, snow? Yeah, but can't you, can't you see, you're, Doc, you're, mm-hmm. you're driving or you're wandering through the Mojave. Right. And mm-hmm. you see on the on the horizon, you've been lost in the Mojave for days, lost living off it. the water inside of cactuses that you slice right. open. And you see what you believe. It, you think it could be could it be a mirage? And you you walk inside this sort of air conditioned, run down convenience store, and there's right. a pudgy senior citizen. He goes, "Would you like some? Um, would you like some beef jerky?" And I like the it. only thing you're think thinking you got is, something. yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think but I, it yeah. could be some sort of gay prostitution house. It could also be, that's, that's in the back. They, yeah. they, would, it's kind of a twofer, you know, that Would you like thing. some beef jerky? Wink, Which is wink. also the code word if you want to go in the back. Yes, yeah, That's see? also the same thing. It, uh, An it's, inconvenient it's store with Al Gore. Interesting. It really is the pro- plot summary that made it. Now that you sold it to me, oh, I got to get off of my floor. Have your people call my people. We'll make that happen. <laughs> So, uh, Mike, this time of the year is always uh, odd and interesting because everything kind of slows down. You don't have a lot of people at work. Uh, The government kind of shuts down weeks ago. Um, What's going on at The Blaze that we need to be aware of? TheBlaze.com. What news type items should we be aware of? We are following everything, Doc. We're following everything as it relates to the news coming out of uh, Germany. If there's any updates on the the people they have arrested. Hmm? Yeah, we got a guy now, a picture. We got an identity that they're promoting. I think that's at the blaze. You should be worried about that. And here's why. Usually in in the international situation, when, when there's a terrorist attack, and this is Germany's worst terror attack in its history, when there's a terror attack, the police in Europe has a tendency not to put out a name or a picture because they don't want that that guy or the cell he's associated with to activate and go into hyperdrive because it's likely they had other stuff planned. And so this tells you how little they know about his whereabouts. They put out a picture, his name, and a reward of 100,000 euros. And so that leads you to believe, my God, they have no idea where he is. And they're worried that other events are about mm. to be kicked into gear. So Mike, it's that's very, a good point. Very... It, it's it's worried. You're right, but it it could also be something else bad. In that they know by releasing it, it could be bad. But they have something that they believe could be so bad that they're rolling the dice to say, "Let's go get him before that happens," or try to find him. I mean, I see mainly bad that they released it, like that they're yeah. that worried. Yeah, they, they actually have to weigh the positives and the negatives on this because he's part of a cell, and there's now a story that ISIS worked on his escape. So they're, they're wondering if he got out of Germany and he's somewhere else, say, in one of those Belgian cells where the Paris attacks earlier this year were planned. And if that's the case, those are dangerous because they supply weapons, money, and cover. Yeah, you're right. And the the Belgian cells were responsible for the Paris attacks. Yeah. They came across. And I don't know what it is about uh, Belgium that, that there's so many of these cells there. I well, don't know why, a, if it's more it's lax a, or... It's a porous border, number one. You know, part of the Eurozone okay. includes the, the... If you've got a passport for one country in the European Union, you easily just wander in and out of all the other countries. And that's why that when every time we found... 
in the Middle East, every time we found one of these passport manufacturing operations that ISIS has, you get worried because they're churning out hundreds, sometimes thousands of them each month. And that means people are given passports who shouldn't be given passports. So this, this is all a, a, a domino setup that they're worried, the European authorities and, and American too, are worried that this may trigger a whole bunch of other attacks that have been in the works. I see, and you're reporting on this at TheBlaze.com as well. One of the top stories is Kelly Ann Conway getting a position in the Trump administration, which it shocked me that it's taken this long. I expected her to be up there. I don't know if she turned things down or what was going on. But, Mike, her, tuttle, her title, her position, has me questioning some things. Is she's, she's going to be – she has the title of special counsel to the president. Yeah. Is that a standard position? Yeah, it is. There are counselors. The president has lawyers. And every president has his own bank of lawyers, or his or her, eventually in the future. Is she and, an attorney? Yes, she is. She's a, you, she you graduated know, Mike, I, from George Washington University Law School. She I, is, that was lost in the whole election to me. I didn't realize yeah. she was an attorney. Yeah, she's a very accomplished woman. And for all the talk the left has given us about, we have to have a woman break a glass ceiling. Here you have a woman who should be lauded for leading a campaign as a campaign manager successfully led a campaign that got a guy who everybody thought didn't have a chance to get elected. They got him elected. And she was at the head of that campaign. She is a very smart woman. She will be taking a key role in this White House as the uh, special counselor to uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump. Listen, you you have to give her so much credit for what she accomplished. You don't have to like Trump. You don't like any of those things. That's beside the point. She did an amazing job and working not just with a candidate that, quote unquote, shouldn't have been elected by many people's account, a candidate that was difficult in difficult times. I mean, he is not your candidate that it's easy, all buttoned up, whatever. He was a loose cannon. Now, that's part of his charm, but that's really difficult when you're the spokesperson and they're like, hey, welcome to MSNBC. Ten seconds ago, your candidate just said this. (laughs) You know, you got to start. Well, let me see what I can come up with. I'm sure what he meant was, you know. That's difficult. How many times do you think Kellyanne Conway over the last six months said what Mr. Trump meant was? (laughs) Yeah. Pass the meth. What he meant was. Mike, uh, I see something at the blaze that dot com that, man, this is so frustrating. On one hand, I don't want to talk about it because I want to give the guy publicity. But on the other hand, I feel like we got to talk about it because there's so many odd little pieces to it. The, The guy who claims to be Muslim, I'll take him at his word that he is, who accused Delta Airline of an anti-Muslim sentiment. Um, with the, he, He's standing up on an airplane, and he takes a little selfie video of himself claiming they just said anti-Muslim stuff or whatever it was. That ended up being a hoax, right? It ended up being a hoax, and this guy, I, I, I am going to say his name because I want everyone to know what a jack wagon he is. His name is Adam Salah. And here's the kicker in this, Doc. The video he posted yesterday morning started going viral almost immediately, like 2,000 Facebook Facebook likes and retweets on Twitter within an hour. And then within a couple of hours, there were 24,000 retweets. This guy standing on a plane yelling about being kicked off because he was speaking in Arabic to his mother. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, they said he he was speaking Arabic. He he was claiming he only used one word. He said it was racial profiling. He said the people were racist. He said it's white people who complained. And I'm watching this going, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Nobody and nobody's telling this guy to shut up. No one's saying uh, a word to him. 
and there are, there are airline officials, Delta officials on either side trying to get him off the plane. I immediately went to YouTube and checked out his background. This is a guy who's been – he's got a lot of followers, like mm-hmm. millions of followers. And he makes money creating controversial videos, like in 2014 when he made one called Racial Profiling Experiment, where he and a friend right. dressed in yeah. Western clothing fought in front of a cop and nothing happened. Then they put on traditional Muslim garb, and the cops allegedly only interfered, interfered when they saw the guys looking like Muslims. So uh, HuffPost fell for this. Uh, Brian Stelter on uh, CNN fell for this. Uh, several news organizations and news, I'm using air quotes, yes. posted this and said, this is horrible. This is terrible. This is why white Americans are so evil. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. But then Delta... Delta's like, wait a, wait a second. How about you get both sides of the story? After the plane landed, the crew was debriefed, passengers' statements taken, and based on what Delta collected, it looks like the customers who were removed, the Salah and his friends, were trying to create a disruption. They were yelling in the cabin. Yep. They were doing yep. provocative behavior. And Delta says, I don't care who you are. You can't run around the plane yelling and causing trouble. That, that is risking the, the safety and comfort of everybody else. So they took him off the plane. And yeah, it's I not how you're yelling or what you're yelling or in what language you're yelling. It's that you're yelling and creating a disturbance. But, Mike, here's the thing. I think Delta needs to sue this guy. They need to, they need to sue him for potential losses because they were getting hammered online and people saying, um, I'm never flying Delta again and boycott Delta and all of this stuff. They need to sue him. That's the only way this, this jack wagon, as you put it, they're going to shut him down. Yeah, this is not helping. Sorry. Well, how about how's about Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook huh. and the people at Twitter huh. decide that you're going to stop fake news as they have told us in the past two weeks that they are going to be proactive in putting the clamps on fake news. How about you make this guy uh, a con- convict number one? That you're going yep. to put him now. Now remember Milo on Twitter. Milo said some horrible things about actress comedian Leslie Jones. He's right. been banned for Twitter from Twitter for life. He's still banned from Twitter. This guy was trying to create a fake outrage over a fake crime. Uh, he created real wow. outrage, and it, it could have caused Delta problems uh, both financially and just tarnish their image going forward. Because how many people know now? people that just Mm -hmm. forwarded it and didn't Mm -hmm. do the follow-up that this was phony all right michael palka it's at stunt brain on twitter you on the air tonight Uh, i'm on the air tonight and you need to do what uh, you've been asking people to do for yourself go to theblaze.com click on channels and follow me because i'm woefully behind doc thompson stalking him is fine as well follow or stalk either one. absolutely you can dox me too just put my uh, address up anywhere i'm kidding please (laughs) kidding doc (laughs) all right more of your uh, calls and texts or tweets coming up next on the glenn beck program you're listening to the glenn beck program the glenn beck program i will be Mercury. 
Negligent the last segment or two on getting to some phone calls, as I promise. So I'll do that now. 888-727-BECK. Let's go to line 81. Jeff in Maine, how are you? Oh, it's actually Nebraska. How are you, sir? Did you meet Jeff in Crofton? How are you, sir? Hey, yes, I'm sir. doing good. How you doing, Doc? Good, good. Hey, listen, I just want to make sure, and I, and I hope and pray that somebody's compiling a list of conservative judges from all the congressmen and senators uh, so that every single day we can show the progressives what it's like to change the nuclear option. And every single day that McConnell does not put a federal judge in office is a day that he's screwing up. Mike or Jeff, I think uh, Congress is going to be the wild card in this. I mean, there's a lot of us that are hopeful for what Donald Trump wants to do and some of the, the decisions he's made already with filling his cabinet. Um, but remember, McConnell is still in this for McConnell. And Donald Trump picking up his wife for a cabinet position, I think, is him trying to play ball with Donald or, or with, uh, with Mitch McConnell. We'll see if that gives him some, some grace period to get some things done. Yeah, M- Mitch McConnell is a dirtbag. He is the D.C. insider, and so is Paul Ryan. We got to make sure we hold them accountable. Get a break in. More of your calls immediately after the break on the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. Mercury.